Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here with my good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. Yes, the fireworks are still screaming, screaming through the night and into the day here in Southern California. And why not? We needed a change of pace. The air was way, way too clean and clear. And now there's fireworks filling the air. The Dodgers are the World Series champs. They beat the Rays in six games. They won three to one last night. Um, and that's it. It was kind of uh, uneventful. Other than that, I don't know if we, we need to talk about any of it. Uh, the before, during the game, after the game, anything happened. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So much. Uh, one of the uh, wildest managerial moves of all time. Um, uh, COVID-related story during the game. I, where do we want to start, Dave, Charlotte? Where, where do we want to pick this up? It was insanity last night. I mean, I think we should start. I think we should ease people into this. Let's start with Snell's decision because, uh, you know, it just goes downhill from there. But he pulls uh, Kevin Cash's decision. Sorry, sorry. Kevin Cash's decision who pulls Blake Snell, who's pitching the game of his life, who I tweeted this, but I was like, it seems like a strange decision to pull the guy from the game who's winning the game for you. Yeah. and people just were perplexed. I, I was like, I don't think I remember being this shocked by something in baseball since the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts and since Buck Showalter did not <laughs> pitch Zach Britton in the 2016 wildcard game. Like those are, I, it, th- it makes no sense. It's right up there with one of the greats. I mean, Dave Roberts was saved. He was the only one really could save the Rays. And he didn't with another uh, countering with a bad managerial decision. Snell had gone five and a third. He had only allowed two hits. And one run, um, Dave. The he had nine strikeouts, and the three batters he was about to face barely even made contact. They they, they were amongst the five. I think I think seven strikeouts between. Uh, I'm sorry, it would be six. This is the third time around in the order, which was the only metric that Kevin Cash was going off of. There was no analytics didn't support this move at all. It was basically, well, this is the third time. Uh, he's seeing this lineup, and this is uh, this is now the factor that we go by. It's crazy. I I agree. I think Smoltz had it right uh, all game long that he could kind of identify from up in the booth that this was similar to Steve Avery a generation ago cruising along in a big game, and he could tell by the body language of the Dodgers that the best option was Snell in the game, and by removing him, he kind of liberated the Dodgers' bats a little bit. But for, and so, he, so he was spot on the whole way through on that, and also they were victimized by the quality of their, old bull, uh, of their own bullpen, ultimately, that they thought, we got to turn it over to these guys at this point. That was the mistake. But let's, listen, let's go back first here. Let's not just gloss over this one as a mere big game. This is the deciding game of the Fall Classic and the Los Angeles Dodgers, after 32 years, have returned to the top of the mountain. First of all, happy for Vince Scully. I'm glad that he's around to see it. I wish he would have been in the booth to call it, of course. I'm sure Dodgers fans. And by the way, you mentioned the fireworks and everything else, Sal. It was funny, out of context, my wife, who doesn't uh, pay attention to a lick of sports, what, what hmm. if that's a passive-aggressive indictment. She must indictment. be so healthy. Well, right. Yeah, I know. right. It's, it's also a passive ingre- <laughs> aggressive indictment of me. I think that she's like, well, I don't know any. I don't know what any of that means. But the explosions in the night sky were what the hell is happening right now? Are we under attack? Was kind of funny. That is the 
that was a funny thing for the second time in a couple of months with the Lakers. And I also wonder, is this now, if the if the last decade was about the sports gods making everything right for all the long-suffering fan bases that never got over the hump, witness, you know, the Washington Capitals and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago Cubs and everything else, perhaps the 2020s this decade is going to be about a make good for all the teams that used to be good and are now getting Lakers mm. now, right? They didn't do it forever. Dodgers. This might mean good things for the Dallas Cowboys and or the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> Sal. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of it. So somehow this well, is good you, news for us, but I think it's it. great for, I, I you, think people you didn't talk, make sense of it with the Cowboys. <laughs> I think, I think people like to talk about LA's not a sports town and it, it is a wonky town, no doubt. But I think, that this has been a great reminder that LA is in fact a great baseball town with a, a great sports town with diehard sports fans. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for all the Dodgers fans out there because it I'm is a you. legit and deep and diehard fan base out there. We will thank uh, specific people at, at the end of this discussion. I think, yeah, that's good. And uh, well, definitely the best fireworks in, out of any city. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. <laughs> no one gives a shit about anything. They go back to uh, Snell, taking Snell out real quick. They replace him. Uh, Cash replaces him. And this decision was split on Twitter, basically. No, no, everybody hated it. Everybody mm -hmm. hated Kevin Cash for this. Uh, he puts in Nick Anderson. And how could he after that missed free throw against the Rock? Mm -hmm. Different Nick Anderson. Two-sport athlete. Uh, six games in a row, six appearances in a row for Nick Anderson where he allowed a run. So this is what you're replacing the guy who had mowed down Betts, Seager, and Turner, who are going to be the next three batters uh, faced by Snell. He had killed them. Nick Anderson... To his credit, I don't want to say to his credit because he allows the run and goes on Snell's record, but he didn't give up three home runs, right? He gave up, he threw a wild pitch, and then there was a ground ball to second, and the run scored. So that's what he did. I'm not saying that Kevin Cash is right, but Dave, you're right. This is it. This is game six. What are you saving Snell for? What are, what are you doing? He's not going to pitch game seven. This is, I know that this is the patchwork, you know, this is kind of like the uh, county fair dunk tank where everybody gets a shot at pitching usually in these game sixes and sevens, but this wasn't the case. This guy was flying along like nobody's business and could have won the game one nothing. Yeah, full disclosure, I, I haven't heard what Cash's uh, um, explanation is really for it, but it feels to me like an analytics-based decision instead of using your eyeballs, and it maybe is the limitations that all the old school people are always looking for um, to, to validate their side of things that like, sometimes you got to go with your gut and for real, uh, you know, an old school baseball guy like John Smoltz a guy who maybe straddles that line of being 20th century into 21st century was kind of like, look at the body language of the other team. They're, they're deflated by how dominant Snell is right now. They know they can't yeah. touch him. And, you could, t I mean, I, I hate to pivot too hard off of what John Smoltz is saying, but I guess he knows what he's talking about in uh, in clutch, big leverage moments in the postseason. And he, I was with him all the way that when he was saying, just look at the dot. It really could have been one of those one nothing game sixes that leads us to a huge game tonight with Clayton Kershaw prominently factoring into it. Instead, Clayton Kershaw gets his ring. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, 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 like you say. I feel like it's about 98% of uh, the baseball world thought that that was a crazy move in the moment. Well, I also think it's the kind of thing where it's so easy to 
it's the perfect um, punching bag for anyone who hates sabermetrics or anyone who thinks nerds and computers are running the game to just immediately be like, oh, well, you know, you got to go like it, it. It so quickly went from this is a bad call to being like we need to ban computers forever. Right. Um, which I think is funny because I, I you know, there's clearly some happy medium. Um, but you have guys like A-Rod who just sort of go off and they're like, you got to go back to playing old school baseball. And yeah. I think you do in some cases like this, where you clearly all the Dodgers were like, uh, you know, the first thing Mookie said when they interviewed him, they were like, you know, they he took Snell out. And Mookie's like, yeah, I don't I don't know what to say to that. And Cody Bellinger was like, yeah, you know, Snell was gross tonight. He called him yeah. gross. And then so I think that it's it's um, one of these arguments in sports that people love to go really hard in in one direction on and um i think in this case it it didn't do analytics any favors at all like it was so clearly it was so clearly the bad call that like all of the computer guys just shot themselves in the foot but also i don't know if it even fit the analytics mode because unless you go by the third time through the lineup is that the new analytics that's it is that I think what he it was said? because like you could see afterwards when Ken Rosenthal was interviewing Kevin Cash, Kevin Cash was like he 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 was defending it kind of, but he also didn't give any reason. And it like it wasn't his call, I don't think. Well, so it had right. to come like even if the analytics don't necessarily make sense, I think it really was that they were worried that Snell that they had figured Snell out, that the lineup was going through for the third time they were gonna break him. But like what? What what if Snell makes this deal? Like, all right, all right, Skip. Here's what let's do this. Uh, if either of these guys make contact against me, I will. Uh, I'll, you could you could pull the ball. Come get me on the hill. But until then, I mean, I think Mookie Betts right. fouled one off in his two at bats against uh, Snell. Like, let's see something bad happen, be it a single or whatever, anything before facing these guys. I, I just don't. I don't get it. it. It's it's really it's really rough. I feel bad for Kevin Cash, although he ends up not being the news of the day. We'll we'll get to that. The Dodgers score, Mookie Betts, uh, then Homers, um, go to the seventh inning. I don't want to uh, bury the lead. Uh, all of a sudden, Justin Turner's out after almost homering. He hits one to the warning track. He's out. He's not playing the field. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, what's Dave Roberts doing? Oh, he wants to one up. Kevin Cash here. He wants to ruin this somehow. Maybe he'll put Kershaw in with two outs in the ninth. But anyway, the Dodgers win. Corey Seager, MVP. I called it last week. Not sure if I said it on this show, but I said it on Against All Odds. You tweeted it last night. I saw you tweet it before the game, and I was like, what? It's going to be Mookie. And then you were right. Thank you. Yeah, there was a a pretty graphic and everything we made uh, uh, eight or nine days ago. Batted 400, seven runs scored. Uh, he's the MVP. I thought sentimentally they might pivot and give it to Kershaw, um, but they didn't. Uh, I think Kershaw was relieved that he that would have been kind of lame. That, that that would have been a little weak. I will say, um, Corey, good name for a baby, weird name for a grown up. Apparently, oh. a good name for a uh, World Series MVP too. Mm. Also, though, just one last thing on Kevin Cash, maybe great name for an '80s actor uh, child, right? Also true. The, the, also the, true. The, the yeah, 80s, yeah, ubiquitous in uh, our Trouble, '80s. But, uh, yeah, teen, right. Teen <laughs> flicks, right? Yeah. Um, I also feel like maybe we need to do some sort of like, um, like uh, uh, I don't know if, if that we could do dial testing or however they do research on these things. The other um, dugout 
Like, what do you guys not want to see happen here? Do you want do you yeah. want Snell to stay in the game? Like, oh, you guys do you, you guys definitely want him out? Well, then we're leaving him out. Like somehow, whatever the other team doesn't want, you can kind of tap into like what in football or otherwise. Uh our pal Corolla talks about that all the time. Like, yeah, ah, Belichick seems to know what the other team definitely doesn't want to have happen right now. And that's what he does. Like, you know, like they're gonna run it here. What would please don't let Brady throw it here. Um, yeah. then Belichick decides we must throw it here. I think there's some math there that you knew Snell was was the thing that they hated the most, the Dodgers last night, and yet they yanked him anyway. They told, yeah, and it, it's funny. We talk about that for years and years. You say the other team, the other team's fans is another right, way to right, do right. it. Put some kind of device in every Buffalo Wild Wings so that the fans <laughs> could vote back when we could out go out and eat wings and not have to uh, order them at, at home. But yes, just have the fans vote. It would probably be 99-1 uh, against taking Snell out in that situation. Craziness. But uh, yeah, all right. So then the game's over. They win. Mookie Homer's Urias is uh, just phenomenal. I mean, he's mm. uh, he becomes another uh, dominant lefty. The Dodgers win. They start celebrating. Was it Rosenthal who first reports that Justin Turner had tested positive? Um, and then is that's why he was pulled from the game and is not part of the celebrations. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, holy shit. What if this, what would have happened here if they had caught this earlier? Uh, or if uh, let's say Tampa Bay wins that game is game seven, two weeks from now. Is it like the Super Bowl where we have to wait wow. two weeks? I didn't even think of that. Game? Yeah. I didn't think of it either. Would have yeah, been, right. been like but a Super Bowl they situation. Did. They found out that Turner was positive on Monday. And, and then they get another test done to be sure it's not a false positive. And they're well, like, well, you know what? In the meantime, like, go ahead and play this game six. And then the news comes that it was a positive, And they're like, guess we got to take him out in the eighth. Like, yeah. I don't understand anything that happened. I think before we go, I don't know if he was positive Monday. I think it came back inconclusive. Unless oh, wait, something's sorry, changed. Sorry, sorry. I read the second inning, the lab uh, that dealt with the test and formed Major League Baseball Turner's test from Monday was inconclusive. The samples from the Tuesday test came back positive shortly after. They're like, get him out of there. They took him out of the game. But uh, yeah, like I said, now he's been around all these players. I guess they finished the game. They do the ceremony. They they go through. It looked like they were trying to whip through the ceremony. And Manfred gets out there. He had his own problems, I think, speaking. I don't want to make fun of it too much because it looks like there's something serious going on there. The no, way I think was, it was this IFB. I think it was, was the it? feedback from his mic. Yeah, that that's, that's of, much funnier if that's the case. I, then, I, then I mean, that's what people off. are yeah. saying. But I mean, I, I haven't seen anything totally conclusive. So maybe we should not roast him yet. Well, either way, he's in trouble if this went, if they knew even within... A, a, an inning of uh, where, where they claim they knew that Turner is involved in here because Turner then comes back on the field. He's like, screw it. I feel fine. I'll come on with a mask. It's my teammates out there. And, uh, and then takes pictures without the mask. He's kissing the trophy. It's pure lunacy. What's going on. Maybe we're a little more sensitive to this in LA, but I don't think so. I don't know if he should be out I, there. I, they told him to isolate. But maybe the Major League Baseball has to take matters into their own hands there. I agree. And yeah, it's I don't know really who you uh, who were circling as as being the blame here. It's the shenanigans. There's something weird. And I suspect we're going to find out some weird story about this because what are the scientists are the are the are the lab guys doing it like out in the bullpen at the stadium, like yeah. in the game, in the middle of the game? 
of World Series Game 6. Somebody was like in the lab like, yep, we got a positive. Get him out. What? And I don't think MLB is incented to make that announcement in the middle of the game. I, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to blame the Dodgers for being fast and loose with it either. But it, it's awfully weird that a prominent player in the World Series in the middle of the game gets yanked. But after, as you say, the weird like, and by the way, he definitely knew that wasn't out of the park, right? When he hit that ball. Yeah, I think when he did. I, I think he didn't know about could, it. He he winced a little, like what, like oh, right. Man, I, I agree. Just but he had a it. huge smile on his face I know. too. I didn't understand all of that as a side yeah. note. But well, anyhow. his emotions are all, all out of whack, right. as we saw. But I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, and and best case scenario, and uh, give him the benefit of the doubt, and maybe it's like, hey, I felt great. I already infected the team. I'll go out there. This is uh, emotions are riding high and no one else cared on the team. They're all hugging him. It was just so strange. Here's the thing, though. The, like the the thing that so I tweeted about this and I said it was just so inherent. It was like so selfish of Turner and, and the picture of him without his mask on smiling, sitting next to Dave Roberts, who's a cancer survivor, and then Turner kissing his wife like I was watching it. I truly felt like I was taking crazy pills. I was like, am I yeah. missing something like Am I crazy? Because this is even if, you know, I tweeted about that and immediately people flooded my mentions being like, stop being so soft. It was a huge moment. They no one else seemed worried about it. Everyone's fine. He'd already been around his team like, OK, sure, that's true. You know what also is true is that if you know that you are positive with this virus, you immediately isolate so as not to infect anyone that maybe you hadn't. Like it's a, yeah. it, at the very least, it's it's a courtesy, you know, and it's a sets an example for the country. The country is watching this. If you have, you know, twenty year old kids who are like, "I'm fine. This isn't a real threat to me," and then they see someone like Justin Turner, where they're like, "Oh, clearly it's not a real threat. I'm gonna keep partying. Then I'm gonna go hug my grandmother, and then she's gonna die because two. Like, I'm sorry to sound. So I'm sorry to not be fun about this. I would love to be fun about this. I would love to be like, you know what, Justin, like you earned it, you know, fight through that sprained ankle, but sprained ankles aren't contagious. So I just, I have to say Says that. you, you and, don't know that. Right. I just, I have to, you know, it, it, it feels, um, we all have to protect each other. Yeah. And, it was a big moment. You're right. That was the best. Uh, yeah. That, that's a good point where, you know, you have all kids are watching, all eyes are on it. It's, it's irresponsible to add to it. The Dodgers were the biggest proponent, like, oh, the Astros cheat, screw the Astros. They don't do the things the right way. So and I don't Turner know how had texted in July, had texted a reporter saying, here are all of the things that we're going to do to take this virus seriously, or my teammates will have to face my wrath. Yeah. So like, what? It's craziness. It really is. And I, I think about it in terms of Major League Baseball, who looks so good. Like this season was left for dead, right? When the Cardinals were 13 games not 13 games behind, but they had played 13 games fewer than anybody else. The Marlins, forget. It's like, how are they going to make this season up? Well, it helped with doubleheaders. Uh, players were more careful. There were no negative tests or, or very few along the rest of the way. It's like, my God, baseball finished the season. Good for them. And you know what? We had some exciting playoffs. We had a really good World Series, as good as any that we've seen in the last few years. And then, boom, on a dime it turns. And now this is the big story. Yeah, it's, that... It is a bummer from both sides of it, really. You know, uh, obviously the vigilant and the people who are blasé about it. Either way, it's now become all-consuming and people are are raw about it on uh, on both sides of the thing. It, it, it is 
I mean, I don't want to say it's a shame for baseball because I don't know what hand MLB and Manfred and company had in it or if it was a Dodgers decision or if it was a Turner decision. It is interesting that if you blur your eyes and look at a picture of Justin Turner, he kind of looks like the COVID symbol or the COVID, what it looks like, that thing you always see with the red hairs coming out of it in a Dodgers (laughs) cap. You could kind of. You could kind of put his head inside of that Photoshop it. Get on that uh, producer, Jim. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but there's uh, a lot going on in that beard. Maybe we should maybe take if no one's right. caught anything that's been growing in that beard. Maybe maybe he is OK. But all. a fascinating point you you raise about what would. So what would today be? Would there be a game seven? No, right now? no way. They'd have to that's wait. really crazy to think about. It would have been akin to an earthquake in the Bay Area. Then the the series gets postponed for a few days or a week or two, yeah, and then they becomes, resume. It would have been even more a bizarre. Super Bowl. It becomes they a are Super lucky Bowl. that yeah. the Dodgers did this. Boy, oh they boy, really man, did. that's a, that is a fascinating question. I do want to say very quickly, uh, not related to the specifics of this, but where the Dodger, where, where baseball in general is concerned, and the hand wringing about its popularity or its or its dying popularity yeah. compared to other sports. It is it is the slow burn of a guy. You don't generally make it to the bigs at 18. You know, if you're more and more, if you're drafted in the first round in the NFL as a quarterback, you play in your rookie season. Basketball, obviously, that's true. You're a lot of superstars who are 19 or 20. Baseball is more of a slow burn. Urias was they, untradeable. A Friedman yeah. was moving and shaking and really... Uh, reinvigorated the Dodgers organization and everything else. But the one was, we're never trading Urias. And then it was, but I mean, this was six years now in the making. This yep. this took, they, oh, untradeable. He's, he's a, and they had the arm injuries and everything else. And uh, he's, I guess he's a bust and everything else. And then he is the difference for the Dodgers. Sure. Um, but I think uh, in our short attention span society, I think people are kind of like, Urias. So I thought, what, what, that guy, where, where, where's that? What, I mean, like, you do not get the immediate impact that you get from, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, Zion or somebody like that. You immediately see uh, Zion drop 25 and, you know, in his second game in the NBA, it's, you got to wait a uh, half a decade at least before these surefire guys reach it and make a big impact on MLB. And I don't think our society is willing to sit through that sometimes. So who are the big winners? I'm going to say Clayton Kershaw. Got the monkey off his back. Uh, you know, not as fairy tale an ending, him striking out the side in the ninth to end it and win the MVP and all that. But he's a World Series champion. Good for him. Pitched a good, was up there for consideration for MVP, 2-0. and uh, Pitched well the World Series. I say he's a big winner. Um, Kim Kardashian. Uh, <laughs> she, she got crushed all day yesterday with the family on the aisle. I know you, Charlotte, you put one up. What, what was the gist of it? Like, uh... Just tone deaf tweet. Uh, it for was sure. well. She Instagram so she posts. she tweeted. Uh, sorry, she put on Instagram. She was like, "This has been a hard time for everyone." Um, but for my birthday, after multiple health screens and tests for two weeks, <laughs> I rented out a private island so we could all pretend to be normal. And everyone's like, "Oh, did you? That must be so nice. You must have had <laughs> such a good time." And so I tweeted one where it was me and the Sesame Street Muppets because everybody started you know, finding pictures of of hilarious groups of people to to roast right. her as like, here's me on my island with my friends. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. It really did take the heat off of that. Oh, meme. yeah. So Kevin Cash a, takes it away. Yeah, Justin yeah. Turner takes it. She's like, yeah, keep it coming. Um, right. Yeah. She's like, I, I love sports. 
<laughs> a good rule of thumb is um, as soon as you say, I realize most people can't relate. Boom. Maybe Don't delete. post it. Yeah. Delete the whole thing. Uh, so she's a big winner because her nonsense went away. Uh, Kershaw is a big winner. Who else is a big winner? Am I, am I missing anyone in the whole, in this Mookie whole bets? Mookie bets. Sure. For you sure. You know who's a big loser? The Red well, Sox. Oh yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to the losers. Mookie <laughs> bets a big winner. Another world series championship. We're also up for, uh, MVP consideration doubled and homered after the two strikeouts after they took um, uh, they took Snell out. Were we missing any winners? Or was that it? Yeah, well, it does feel a little Mitch Williams or something or whatever. Uh, Ralph Branca or whoever big blown save in a in a classic. MLB should be the big winner. They made yeah. it through this thing, like you say, right. without without much incident, and now. Somebody in with with one strike to go. Somehow MLB blew the save here, and now the big story today is COVID nineteen, which is which is too bad. But um, I don't I don't, don't want to get grim, but maybe COVID nineteen is the big winner that it has overshadowed even the fall classic here. Um, keeps winning that, that COVID nineteen. It really keeps winning. But I but I do think I I think the Dodgers do ultimately. You know, if you can remove yourself from all the Justin Turner side of it you know, Dodgers fans last night and today and going forward are over the moon, rightly 32 years. It was a long time ago. Kirk Gibson hit that home run for one of the more storied franchises in sports. And I think it absolutely helps the sport of baseball for the Dodgers, one of these tent pole organizations to get over the hump. It's bad when Tampa Bay, when the Tampa Bay Rays win a title. As a matter of fact, it's bad when when the Tampa Bay Lightning have their name etched onto the Stanley Cup. Storied franchises winning, I think, is always good or at least better for any sport. Dodgers, big winners, obviously, in general. Kershaw will go uh, Kim Kardashian uh, because her nonsense was uh, stepped aside. I do think Manfred's a big loser here. I think something happens here. I almost think he may have to step down if and when all this. uh, I can't believe there was like no statement yet. We're doing this at 830 on a a Wednesday morning uh, on the West Coast. And there's no Dodger statement. They're going to stick with the timeline of what happened with uh, Justin Turner. Um, another big loser, Brett Phillips. He did the airplane dance. Remember when they tied it two games to two and they didn't win a game after that? It went crazy. Uh, you warned me. against that. I warned it. Yeah, maybe don't do an airplane dance. It takes you to the warning track when you've just tied up the series and there's a couple games left. Uh, sorry, that didn't work out, Brett Phillips. Any other big losers? Um, I guess the Red Sox, you're right, Charlotte. This is... Uh, Mookie Betts, maybe the Dodgers should just keep sending them players, right? I mean, I, I, you know, it's like, do you think the Red Sox would trade me a Ferrari for for my broken skateboard missing three of its wheels? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, I truly, that's another thing that I, uh, in addition to the Snell decision and Justin Turner celebrating on the field, I'm like, you know what blew my mind before both of those? The fact that the Red Sox let Mookie Betts go. And I think I've... I've complained enough about it on here, but it truly is just like you watch this guy be the difference maker and, you know, save the legacy of mm-hmm. this franchise of of Kershaw. I, I really think he was the reason they did it. Um, and yeah. he get he got the bats moving. He was a positive force in the dugout. He was the superstar they could always rely on. And uh, meanwhile, though, however, you know, let's not forget the Red Sox have payroll flexibility. So yeah, there you go. We got that going for us. Oh, get nice. all the good players. Just do I that. know you don't want to say it. You don't want to acknowledge it, Sal. But I mean, this for sure. Yeah, I mean, icon versus guy who's really good at baseball. But I, I hate to say this to your face, Sal. 
Mm. Mookie Wilson is no longer the greatest Mookie no, of all time. Stop. Yeah, Betts mm, is stop. better, was always better at baseball than Wilson. There's no debate about that. But of course, in sports lore, Mookie Wilson lives for e- eternally. But I think right. officially now, Betts vaults him. Blaylock, you have to get pushed down further. <laughs> Mookie and do the right thing. You're now off the winner's stand altogether. I'm sorry. Two, um, two fifty a week plus tips, right? Mookie, that's it. Mookie yeah, from, but look uh, at the, the right but look how the circle's complete because Sal is wearing Mookie's hat from Do the Right Thing right uh, that's now. That's right. Wow. He wore a Brooklyn Dodgers, hat, didn't he? A shout out to my father. My father's a big Mets fan now, but was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan uh, back in the day, and uh, hated it when they when they fled and 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 flew to California. And I think hated me too when I moved to California. And here he is now, living uh, twenty minutes away in California. Yeah, um, Dodgers fans. Speaking of Dodgers fans, I want to throw uh, some congratulations. Uh, my uncle Jimmy. Big fan, my cousin, my cousin Jimmy's father, Uncle Jimmy. I congratulate him. It's actually is his Jimmy birthday. Jimmy a today. junior? Jimmy is a, not technically a junior because I think. Do you have to have the same middle name as the yeah, father I to guess. have a junior? Yeah, so he's, he's a okay. second. Yeah, okay. he's the second Jimmy there. Um, but anyway, yeah, 1988, last Dodger win. Happy birthday, Uncle Jimmy, who reminded me he's like I was your cousin Jonathan's age when uh, no. Yeah, I was your cousin Jonathan's age when they last won. I was like, don't do, don't do shit like that to me. I don't like that. I don't want to be no way. How it, wow. Yes, yes, I don't want to. Uh, Tony and Daryl Barbieri, big big Dodgers fans. They know all the shortcuts to Dodger Stadium. They live like a mile and a half. They put the peanuts in the backpack and just walk. It's terrific. <laughs> uh, Morgan Murphy, Jimmy Gentleman, our friends. Who else, Dave? Who else do we want to shout out to? Dodger fans. I got to shout out, uh, number one, my guy, David Singer, who um, has produced some of my stuff over the years um, and is as sweet a, a grown-up man as uh, you could ever come across. And he, his father, who he went to Lakers games and Dodgers games with, he really personifies for me what what – I think most of America doesn't think exists in Los Angeles, which is a born and raised diehard, unironic LA through and through fan. NFL football is not King in Los Angeles, even though it's the second biggest market. And that is an oddball thing in the 21st century sports scene. But between the Lakers and, uh, and, and you know, whether you're USC or UCLA and the Dodgers, this is a real sports town with some diehard fans and singer embodies that his father passed away who who took him to all the games who he you know was on the phone with or sitting next to for all these big games and i feel like there's a a fair bit of justice there from the sports gods he was over the moon a a really sweet and emotional posting of himself reacting that his father was there with him it 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 really is saccharine as it sounds sports uh, you know rationally or otherwise can mean so much to people and, sure. and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, obviously this isn't a great year for society, but, um, for f- at least we had this distraction for a couple of months, specifically Dodgers fans. So happy for all of them. Yeah. Well, what about Rays fans who this has not also. been a great year for society and now they have to deal with this loss. My God. Tampa Bay is doing just fine. <laughs> though, right. <laughs> Rays fans. Jim and Joel did not get going. Good thing. Now they save money on those, uh, those t-shirts, Champa Bay. Good. Uh, so because now, now, well, unless uh, Tampa brings it back, but the Dodgers now or LA has the advantage with the NBA title and the MLB title. Charlotte, do you have any uh, Dodger fan friends that you want to shout um, out to? You don't have to. Not really. I mean, upset. yeah, I have. Well, it's not a lot in the, the bubble spot, rock so. area. 
No, no. Well, uh, one of our producers at Fox Digital, Michael Davis, who's great. Um, he's go. a huge Dodgers fan. He spent over four hundred dollars on merch last night um, for him and his family. Yeah. You know, uh, they said Dodger merchandise out the, the in the first eight hours after a title. I, I wish I had pulled this tweet, but it had the most by any in the last decade. Most. Uh, I mean, I, I have not said that right, but the purchase. I buy that. I, I also feel like because people can't be there, they couldn't yeah. be there. They need something to commemorate right. it, maybe, or make it feel more yeah. real. Well, they could collect some fireworks in the street and uh, hang them on their wall. I don't Man, know, those aerial those. shots of the fireworks popping off over LA. That's just wild. Craziness. People love fireworks. Um, next year, 2021 odds on Fandle. Dodgers favored to repeat four to one. Yankees plus 550. Boring, boring. Braves <laughs> nine to one. Padres 13. Tampa Bay, the runner up at 13 to one. Mets 25 to one. Charlotte, your Red Sox, 40 to 1. Ugh. Dave, you want to take a guess? Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs> the Buccos? 3,000. Yeah. A Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. It's a Google. 150. <laughs> 150 to 1. Just what do the it, hell? Dave. Just bet the hell? I, You know what? I'm, I'm not going to bite my lip. How dare, how dare Charlotte, the Boston fan, come in here with her Mookie Betts sorrow? Do you know how many guys were just playing in the postseason that the Pirates just threw away? Like, That's true. Yes. Well, wait, wait. He wants more than a million dollars annually. Well, they're like, well, we can't, we can't do that. Glass uh, now, coal. I know, I there. know, I know. All Sorry, right, but Dave, Dave, the point is, you could, you could be a happy person again. One hundred fifty to one. Just put like. That's a good idea. Just take a loan out, put a hundred thousand on it, and then you got like fifteen million dollars. Here's that nice? the thing, <laughs> that Dave. What the hell? I think it's worth it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which part? Let's get a Venmo going or whatever it is. Or a pay, uh, Patreon or whatever. <laughs> Not a Venmo. Whatever you go fund me. Old fool. That's, yeah. yeah. That, I, I, <laughs> Let's get a Venmo Dave. going, guys. <laughs> whatever um, it's called. I don't care. A Western Union. Right. Let's talk That's about Western football. <laughs> Real quick before we do talk about football, because there are some things to discuss. Um, this is the first day since July 30th, that one of the four major sports won't be played. Um, it was a good stretch. It was a really, really nice stretch. We had and a now, good run. We really did. And now Tuesdays and Wednesdays are kind of, there's nothing going on at night, right? Because gonna there's not going to be- so many Great British Bake Off reruns. Well, that's fine. There's no college basketball, right? Which we would have had college. I guess there's Mac action, Dave, on Tuesday nights at some yeah, point. Yeah, right. That's right. That's right. Or you could, or you could just watch uh, John King break down the the. Is this state purple, or is uh, it yeah. like what's happening in this county? And I'm oh, it's it it's uh, makes you batty the tedium of yeah. watching them. Like now this, but this the the. How do we get the two seventy? That's that's the sporting event that's going on for the next uh, handful of days. That's well, right. I guess. I, Joe Buck. I don't know what Joe Buck does with his day off. He really is. Uh, <laughs> <flip out. laughs> By the way. I mean, he's always great. One of my favorite calls in the last uh, couple of decades was Joe Buck invoking Jack Buck at the end of game six. Remember when he did that a couple few years ago? Joe yeah. Buck gets a lot of gets a lot of junk. Oh, he's great. Um, he's he great. really is great. And I mean, the shout out uh, Vince Scully to, to in that moment. No, I'm sure he had a note. Don't forget if it's tracking that the Dodgers are going to win. But still a great move by um, by Buck. And by the way. He went to, so he's thinking of his father. 
And Joe Buck happened to go to Indiana University. We never met mm. each other while we were there, but went to IU at the same time I went there. And he apparently was running back to call Cardinals games all the time with his old man. And he brought up his old man. And Indiana University reminds me and the power of sports and everything forever ago. When I was at Indiana University, the uh, the Penguins won the Stanley Cup over the North Stars. And my old man, this these are before the days where you just had easy access to satellites. And he literally, for Stanley Cup final games, would have to broadcast them to me. And his broadcasts were insane. They were insane. <laughs> Penguins have a one-goal lead with a couple minutes to go, and the North Stars get a power play. And his broadcast, oh, here they come. Here come the stars. They're, okay, they're in the zone. All right, they're, they're trying to, oh, look out, look out, look out. Look, oh, no, oh, no. Okay, they got it out of the zone. They got it out of the zone. <laughs> this went on for about an hour of the most uh, nerve-wracking uh, moments of my life. And Indiana University won a dramatic one in overtime like we talked about. And he left me a voicemail thinking I couldn't see the game here in Los Angeles. So he left me this message to for old time's sake. This I is guess. Dr. Damashek leaving you yes. a message thinking that you could not see the, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers. This is, this is a guy, right. This is a guy died in the wool pit fan, but right. he took on the Hoosiers because I was there. And so he started rooting for him. So here's my old man's message as the, <laughs> they're reviewing Michael Penix's touchdown. Outside or inside. So, but uh, they went for two to win it. Uh, touchdown. Touchdown. They win the game 36 35. <laughs> they went for two and won it. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, what a great team you have, Indiana. Woo! Beat Penn State. Could have. Could have gone the other way, but See, they that's went for it. the two and they won the game. <laughs> that's it, right? That's, what's, that's why right, sports are great. Good for you, Dr. Da Dr. Damashek. Put the put the game down and go figure out, make a vaccine or something. Come on. <laughs> they could see or the game. Quit lollygagging, Dr. Dam. It's on the Big Ten Network. It's Channel 610. Dave, <laughs> or, has anyone or, ever, I know people call you Sheck. Has anyone ever called you Dam? People have tried <laughs> to make that stick, yeah. But, Sheck, is, uh, Sheck, Sheck is good. Yeah. Now, I, in third grade, that's where Sheck actually came from, was uh, the ne'er-do-wells um, around me. These were like, ha ha, the damn people who live in a shack, bad word in your last <laughs> wow. name, damn, damn a shack, not going to say the bad word, Sheck, David, Sheck, that's where it, that's where I first got the nickname, and it stuck. Well, thanks, wow. Dr. Uh, Dr. Damashek. You know what? Maybe he could help us out on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays when there's no sports. I had to on Fox Bet Live. I bet Korean volleyball because I like to bet something that's <laughs> going on today. Maybe he can give us, I don't know if he's that busy, but it, maybe he can give us a play-by-play -play on some of these Korean volleyball games. I think, I, I think people think you're probably joking, Sal. But I know. I swear to fact... God. Well, just watch. Watch at 5 p.m. Eastern on FS1. You'll see. I have a Korean volleyball <laughs> bet right there. Uh, Maybe you take it too far, Sal. Yeah, I might. I might. Um, <laughs> hey, I, I love play. So we'll look forward on Friday to hearing your father's message to you about Korean volleyball. Uh, you know what? We don't have enough time. It'll go three and a half hours. It's just, it's just too much. It'd be all the messages he leaves. Uh, Fandle, yes, I promise. They didn't put me in charge of the sports book for a day because if they did, I would be forcing everyone to bet Korean volleyball. But these new same game parlays, definitely something I and we would have come up with so many different combinations. You could play with these parlays, player props, point totals, money lines, getting giddy, just thinking about it. And the best part, Fandle will refund the first same game parlay you lose on any NFL game each week 
up to $10. That means you could bet a different parlay risk-free every NFL week, all season long. Free money. You kidding me? You do it on Monday night games, Thursday night games, Sunday games, Sunday night, whatever you want to do. All right, here's an example. Now, I'm not giving you my pick for the Falcons Panthers because I go on Fox on the pregame show and I do that. They expect me to do that then. But here's an example of a same game parlay you might, might want to take. Uh, Todd Gurley to score the first touchdown. Maybe he figures out he likes scoring touchdowns even when he's not supposed to. The Falcons win the game. The Falcons score more than 23 and a half points. Again, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if you were to same game parlay those together, you get plus 1178, almost 12 to one on your odds. Yes, like my picks, go ahead, bet them. You get 10 bucks back. You don't win. You can do it all season long. FanDuel is the only sportsbook app where you play the same game parlay. So listen up if you don't have an account. And if you do, do it. Just go bet them. But if you don't, either way, use promo code extra points so they know we sent you. You are good to go. Same game parlays, risk-free, all NFL season long. FanDuel sportsbook app, use extra points when you sign up. All right, NFL, like I said, uh, Panthers, Falcons, Thursday night. Anybody? Again, I can't mention. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to mention it, but you got a winner there, Dave? Yeah, I got the Panthers big in this one, and I think it's um, – so So I'm rolling with them. Um, of course, uh, I'll avoid the, the total on that one, um, but um, give me the Panthers here. And I do think it's, it's fascinating and does show the relative unpredictability of pro football – in the 21st century that yes, the Brady's are tracking towards a division crown now, but it's not that hard to make a case for the Panthers being in first place right now. If a Mm. couple things go differently and at least they almost, uh, they did almost for what it's worth, knock off breeze and company in the dome. And how fascinating would it be if the one team, nobody, nobody thought had a shot. Some people were picking the Falcons this season to win that division, but nobody thought the Panthers and, and it could be this deep into the season that Carolina was the one in control of that division. Like I say, if just a couple things break a little bit differently, either way, Panthers, uh, good Falcons, embarrassing. And by the time they kick things off or maybe just after they'll start dealing away some of their, um, key assets as we move into this new era of pro football where, where once you're out of it, you start dealing away all your assets. Yeah. I guess today's the day. Today's one of the big days, right? That that's going to go down. They said Wednesday. So, all right. That's kind of like betting. You can't bet this stuff, but that's kind of an event. You excited about free agency, Charlotte? Well, I also think that the Falcons are just too rattled right now. Like, Mm. you know, even after week five, when they, they, you know, came off hot off the Dan Quinn breakup, like, I don't know how you, I would be kind of embarrassed to take the field like that has to that has to affect you at a certain point. It goes from like, oh, the chip on our shoulder, we're going to use it to be better to just like I'm a little deflated. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is this sucks. Yeah. And I, the Panthers have proven like Teddy Bridgewater is playing too well for them not to blow another lead. Forget chip on the shoulder. What about the jerseys, the atrocities on their backs? Oh, they're Ugh. so bad. That's they're embarrassing so bad. by itself. Ugh. The ombre, the ombre tops are just atrocious. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of chip on your shoulder, on their shoulder, uh, Des Bryant signed with the Ravens pending a uh, physical, uh, passes the physical and all the 17 COVID tests and all that. Dave, you're smiling. This doesn't scare you at all. I like Des. I'm glad he finally ended up with a team, but it's been, uh, been many many years since he played um 
people get crazy about this because there's not a lot to talk about midweek, a day like this. And uh, I'm, I'm capitalizing it as well on it as well, but I think he has fewer than 10 catches as a, a Baltimore Raven this year. I think that's probably right, but I, you, you can make a case for specific to Baltimore that he maybe has some value to him because he he's basically uh, the, the phrase combat catch has really caught on in the last decade. And even when Calvin Johnson was in the league, to me, if I had to throw in the red zone, to me, he was Des now six, seven years ago. Maybe it was mm-hmm. only four or five years ago, whatever it was. He was the weapon in the uh, Jimmy Graham and Gronk and other one. I give me Des Bryant because you could just throw the ball in his general direction. Oh yeah. And he was going to catch it, you know, in, in the red zone. And so you don't need wheels to do it. He just needs to run that seam on the opposite side of Mark Andrews. And that's what they want to do. Just let Lamar Jackson just throw jump balls to Des Bryant. Maybe he ha- he he will have some value um, later Well, that in the was season. the knock on him, that the 50-50 balls, that was his game, right? You know, he right. pulled one down against Green Bay. He scored a touchdown. The Cowboys won that game. Oh, no, they, they called that incomplete. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, anyway, but the 50-50 balls, the ones he came down with, were fewer and fewer and farther between. Um, let's see. I don't know. No one's really seen him play in How a long time. How old is Des Bryant now? He's 62 years old. Oh, my no, God. That's no. incredible. Yeah. People what talk about Tom Brady all the time. I think he's like 32. How Will you look for that, Joel? How old is uh, Des Bryant? He's 31, one of those 32? guys that I think of as always being young, and then suddenly you think about it, and you're like, wait a second. He's been around for a while. Yeah. No, no. He's at 31 right there. I thought it was 31, 32. That was, uh, I, that was what I knew in the moment. I tweeted the instant Des Bryant caught that ball in Lambeau. I said, I, I'm within within a couple of seconds. I said they're going to overturn this catch. I I, I tweeted that bitch. out in the moment. I, you could just tell that given what so all that nonsense was at the watch this. The NFL is going to insert themselves into this and and flip that call. But and it was really, terrible. Dave. When you think about it, what is a catch? You oh, know? Jesus Christ! Yeah. I hate it. And yeah. I'm not even saying they were going to win that game. The Packers ended up going down the field and Rodgers converted like on a third and 13. It was like a, a tip pass. So they got the first down. If they need to score, they might have. But God damn it, that's his football move. If you watch Des Bryant play, that's his football move. That should have counted. He had it all under control when he, I, I just hated it. I, See, I hated that's what's, this is what's terrible, but also great about sports. I thought about great sports. Great. Look at how you can, Sal's a grown man. And this Not was really. what, how many years ago? Six years ago now? It's too you many. You can still poke him and upset him with this. And I'm laughing about it, but shame the devil if you guys bring up any of the ones that pain me, including Tom I was going to say, Dave, well, careful I don't need with it. that glee. That can backfire real fast. Well, we're not talking about me right now. We're talking Forget about Dave South's celebrate. Pain. Dave and his city celebrate a play that we're not even sure. Probably 80% chance Franco Harris didn't catch that ball. The Immaculate Reception is a freaking statue in the airport of it. Immaculate and, um, Reception, by the way. Can we just take a minute and appreciate that that is genius? That will forever be genius. Yeah, that is, it is that. very good. It's it's excellent. But, um, you know, Cow- I think... Yoy and double yoy. They should not embrace it as much. They should just they should hope that people forget about the fact that that ball probably hit the ground. All right, we'll but, just but we'll I, just embrace our six Lombardies and five Stanley Cups. I guess that's what we're right. we're we'll have to resign mm. ourselves. To. Cowboys got a bunch too. Uh, not not <laughs> not in uh, thirty five years, twenty five years, but still. Um, speaking of uh, great players of uh, past. 
Bo Jackson claimed, I don't know, was this on a radio show or something? Claims in today's day game, he would gain between 350 and 400 yards per game. Uh, Charlotte, <laughs> you were probably in diapers when Bo was, was uh, at his peak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely one of the greatest, if not the greatest, athletes or running backs or anything we've seen. Great, great speed. Great, great power. But to say 350 to 400 yards. <laughs> that's rushing. like a wild. That's a, I mean, first of all, also, I do feel like everybody's gotten bigger. Like, don't people keep getting bigger? Isn't that like bigger how, and faster, bigger yeah. and faster? And it's like, that's well, that's not true. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I know I'm getting bigger. I don't know what uh, the thing is, but yeah, I'm what getting is, bigger. What, I'm not getting faster. <laughs> what is he? I'm bigger and slower. But what what is he? Um, What is he basing this on? Is uh. Uh, have the rules changed? Are you not allowed to tackle the legs? Like if it was a, if it was something, ta- if tackling is fifteen percent worse, then figure that into the stats, and you're not anywhere near 350, 400 yards rushing. But Dave, this is uh, laughable. I feel bad because he's one of the greats. Uh, the the, uh, the all the old school football fans uh, surely have a boner over this one. This this is exactly <laughs> boner the young fan. The young fan. It's my friend Brian. Good for you. My friend Brian. Well, it's not right. It's been there for years because my friend, brother Bry from uh, the Against All Odds podcast, that's his fantasy team's name for the last 20 years. So the Bo Jackson. So there you go. (laughs) I like it very much. Yeah. yeah, Whereas the young fans are guilty very often of recency bias. The, the old fans, and apparently Bo Jackson himself, lionize the past as though, like, ah, this generation ain't tough. I think that's probably the guess. These young fellas don't know how to tackle. I would truck <laughs> them all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the fact that they're um, twice your size now, Bo, versus uh, the DBs you were running into in your age probably would, would prevent you from hitting 300 yards a game. <laughs> 350. It is fun to I do think for what it's worth, Bo is, I love playing the game of if you could, if you had a time machine and you could bring a guy from the past into the now, I think Roger Staubach would be great, but I don't think there are very many guys who you could jump 25 years in history and, and would still dominate. And Bo would. I think you're getting a yep. little uh, a little wild there, Bo. Settle yourself down. Well, it's apparently twice. you don't know. Apparently you don't know. It's more than twice his average, right? It's three times what his average. Was? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's absurd, it's a lot. but it's it's fun to kibitz about. We it. love Bo. Uh, hey, let's go to the mail now. Uh, the extra points gang at gmail.com. The extra points gang at gmail.com. Producer Jim Cunningham hates this. He really hates. When hmm. we do this, Why, Jim, um, I love it. Well, he's tried to infiltrate. He's tried to hack the site so that I can't read the emails anymore. But I'm but going people to. Like, but people, if you reach out to us, we have to we have to make it worth your while. We have to yeah, make that's you feel right. like you're hurt. Also it makes mm-hmm. us feel like uh, anyone's listening to this. So right, exactly. Uh, we know Dave Bloomquist is right there. Dave Bloomquist, right, Bloomquist writes, better get the trademark out on Lost Champolis. Forget about Champa Bay, he says. Well, that's a dig at you, Joel and Jim. You didn't get your act together. The Champa Bay shirts went by the uh, uh, wayside. Better get the trademark on Los Champelis, C-H-A-M-P-E-L-E-S. David no. Bloomquist from Dave, Hong that's Kong. A reach. He's writing us from Hong Kong. I had to write oh, well. it. I'm sorry. He also gives his phone number. I don't know why I would need that. Uh, someone from <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, Dan Corbett. Hey, guys, I'm a regular listener from Melbourne, Australia. I've always been a fan of each of you individually. Wow. So when you all came together as a show, I knew it would be fantastic. Melbourne is just coming out of a 15-week hard lockdown. So 
I just want to say thank you for the laughs that have managed to help me get through this challenging time. I wanted to know, though, when are we getting some firm plans for an ultimate reunion episode when the whole show can get together? Mm. Uh, everyone wants an extravaganza for when the whole world can look more normal. I agree. Thanks. Keep up the great content, Dan from Melbourne. That's nice. Thanks, Jim, Dan. Jim, Jim, isn't that nice? That wasn't worth it right there. Jim is, Jim is chatting our, our group chat here saying why in all capitals. <laughs> so I think he loves it. Why? Why not more? Is that what you're saying, Jim? You yeah, want to why more? stop there? <laughs> Come on, Jim. We're, we're, uh, we've taken Australia by storm. I don't know when we get together. What the hell's the answer? I don't know if... Uh, We'll ever meet Charlotte. We'll ever be in the same room. I Listen, could not what? be real. Yeah. Are you even real? <laughs> I've checked the bubble no way rock of records. Knowing. Let's meet up in Big D. Let's get down there. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Let's get oh, yeah, yeah. November yeah. 8th. That's, I mean, there's there's no Shit, better. That's right around the corner. I know it is. Well, no, wait, listen. Okay. You're going to be a double-digit favorite. You're going to be a 10-point. Oh, my God. I, 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 I Many even thinking about our offensive line against the Steelers front seven. Many right people now. are saying that come November 4th, COVID will will magically disappear. So that's I, what I heard. if, if that's, that's true, true yeah. then we'll be then you know we'll be in good shape for well, that, 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 you know, that answers right? that yeah. answers Sal's question of, yeah. you know, what would they have done? When would they have played the World Series? They just would have to wait one week and then it would be over. You're right. Touche. I I mean, I don't know how that escaped me, Sal. That is legitimately like what would be what would be the conversation today? It at really is a crazy days, thing right? to think about. They'd have to wait that, at least four days. At least, I think. I, I don't know when game seven would be. Yeah. They, they, it makes me think they rushed the ceremony. Oh, my God. Everybody reading the the owner, the general manager reading his thing. Like, get the hell off the field. Oh, my what God. I doing? know. He was like, it was like he needed to be played off the Oscar stage. Yeah. To oh, David just- in Hong Kong's point, though, you know, <laughs> oh, the yeah. Seahawks, I mean, that division is fascinating. But do do you buy? I really do think that it's, a, a lot of noise, but I don't think the Cardinals or Seahawks are going to be relevant in in January because of their lack of defense, unless there's a big trade, which may s- still happen to improve the Seahawks pass rush. But do you buy the Rams after what you saw on Monday night or maybe, you know, Super Bowl contenders legitimately? Maybe. I kind of do. Maybe. I kind of think they could get there. A week ago, they couldn't score against San Francisco. I think that's the best division in football. I also could see any one of those four teams get knocked out in the first round. For sure, uh, absolutely. But I do buy that I was I, I and I'm willing to concede I was wrong about Sean McVay. He needed that he took the league by storm. Then mm-hmm. the league's defensive coordinators reacted after Brian Flores and Bill Belichick provided the template in the yeah. Super Bowl. This is how you stop what McVay's doing. Everybody spent 2019 doing exactly that, and Sean McVay went into his lab. And I questioned: Is he figured out? Is he going to be able to adjust? Clearly, he has. I buy the Rams as a team that, uh, right. that in a NFC team that has uh, NFC that has some very good teams, but no flawless ones. I could see the Rams sneaking through and getting to the Super Bowl to uh, to get to David's point there of L.A. being where it's at, not the city of champions because that title's already well, taken, but title him, town. Call it whatever let you him, want. Uh, let them make the T-shirts. Jim and Joel, big big whiff with the Champa Bay. They could have made dozens of dollars. I thought of a I thought of a really bad Los Angeles pun last what night. What is it? Um, Los Los Angela Merkels. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> so, wow. You know what? That's a good that's a good Halloween costume if you, like, if you haven't figured that out already. <laughs> well, I just feel like you know there. I want people to feel better about themselves sometimes, so I say <laughs> the worst things I think of. 
Nice. That's good. <laughs> I like that one. I honestly do. I like that as a Halloween costume. Get that going. Uh, yeah. Then we said that one as I was falling asleep last night. So somebody has to. One of the two of you has to wear that as your costume on Friday. Charlotte okay. set up a. Uh, <laughs> Joel is writing why. Charlotte set up set up a rev share deal with uh, okay. Joel and Jim for uh, yeah, yeah. for t shirts for the yeah. Los Angeles <laughs> Merkles. Uh, oh wow! I'm just getting uh, news right now. The Cowboys signed Bo Jackson. So. <laughs> Bring on, bring on November 8th, Dave. We're ready for you now. Stop that 400-yard stampede from Bo. We uh, could trade you Duck Hodges if you want. Couldn't do any worse. Hey, do you guys remember when, when Hannah Ann from The Bachelorette dated all of the Steelers' backup quarterbacks? What do you mean? She did? She, she dated Mason Rudolph yes. and Duck Hodges. Or Ant. Well, no, there was no. someone else. But she, no, no, she way. did. She but did. not those two. Well, the no, two, one of them. Yeah. I don't have my facts straight, oh, but okay. she dated she dated a few backup quarterbacks for the Steelers. Who was it, Dave? Bobby Brister? Who did she Who's date? the other one? Who's the other one? Josh, uh, yes. jo uh, Joshua Dobbs she dated yeah. as well. Or I, I don't know if she actually did, but well, yeah. Well, she were... was linked to Mason and Joshua, so. Right. Yeah. That's By a the way, wild way to go. Now that you've uh, stepped in the Bachelorette, did uh, I, I caught that late night last night, and uh, this is what we have. more this more emotional problems, and ultimately that's why I enjoy shows like The Bachelorette because it makes me feel much better about myself. Someone oh, who yeah. is as insecure in his dealings with uh, with the other gender and 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 all of that over over uh, my many decades, and I realize now I look at it, I'm like. At least I'm not that big a loser. That yeah. I mean, those guys, what a collection of doofs. I mean, <laughs> with The Bachelor, so I used to recap The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I used to do weekly columns about this. And ever since, I've sort of really fallen off because I feel my IQ dropping when I watch it. <laughs> um, and even though I don't really want to be watching it, I feel intense FOMO when I see people tweeting about it and I'm not yeah. watching and then I try to watch and I'm like I don't want to be watching it's just a truly vicious social media cycle do you think there's a bachelorette contestant or a former one that listens to this podcast and says what a collection of doofs you think oh. they throw it right back at us I, can I would it. hope so. <laughs> well, uh, will you email us if you've ever been on the bachelor or the bachelorette will you send us a note the one yes. guy the, the extra points gang at gmail.com that's a good idea yeah. the one guy Nick um, who was prominent in at least a Nick couple Vial. of seasons. He's a big Packers fan, apparently. And I think he does do a podcast, uh, if I'm not mistaken. We could have someone We should on get him on. For sure. About I someone try, like, I, but I also think there are two, at least two guys on this Bachelorette season who are former NFL players. Oh, the oh. whole Bachelorette is made up of guys who were cut from the practice squad after three days. Oh, that's a good idea, too. No, seriously. Like, they're at least... Four former practice squad NFL players every season. Really? Oh, yeah. Is, is Los Angeles Merkel one of them? She, <laughs> she, she's a linebacker. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you collection of goofs have going uh, this week? What could you plug? Uh, I've got a thing coming out later about being a Red Sox fan, watching Mookie win a World Series. If anybody wants to either feel good about themselves because a Red Sox fan is sad or commiserate per usual. Um, Another People Sports podcast will come out tomorrow. We're doing a fun one on uh, championships. We would love to championship droughts. We would love to see end in light of the Dodgers and also uh, personal yips like everyday activities that make you crumble under pressure. Um, Ooh, good. Yeah. So uh, that'll be fun. And I'm at the Wilder things. Yeah. Get that Fox Sports app. You can get all that stuff that Charlotte's talking you about. You know, it's kind of fun. Content. 
What they, is it? They showed they showed the Fox Sport app the an ad for it during the World Series, and one of my articles flashes up on the screen. There you go. Yeah, I was like, there I am. I'm on TV. Beautiful. That yeah. you're the talk of the World Series. That's Justin what they're Turner telling me. screwed it up. Things things That's screwed things what they're up. Telling me. Uh, Dave, what about you? I, I agree. She's a regular Los Angeles Merkel. I'm still struggling. Okay, no, I like it very much. Uh, Thank you, Dave. We have we have uh, minus three coming at you in front of the 21st century's finest rivalry, Steelers Ravens. We're gonna be talking with one of the seminal characters of that rivalry, Ryan Clark, joining me and Jeff Schwartz. Can't wait. He had maybe the defining moment of that rivalry when he and Willis McGahey bonked heads at the oh, tail end yeah. of the odd eight AFC title game. The single most brutal football game I've ever watched in my life. He barely got up like Balboa at the end of uh, Balboa Creed two. He staggered to the sideline. Willis McGahee did not get up. He didn't get up. That no. was it. Minus three. Make sure you check it out. Check it out. Also Great show. Check out. Great show. It's really good. Hey, the against all odds crew. Uh, and I are going to go Thursday during the halftime. So I do the pregame show. Then I rush back here and we're going to check in at halftime. Thanks to FanDuel. We're going to go over the halftime line. We'll discuss. Dave does it on Monday. Dave and Jeff do a uh, bang up job on that. We're going to do it. The against all odds crew on Thursday. Check us out there. We also have a FanDuel promotion. You could do the Thursday night throwdown. I have my own contest on FanDuel. The Thursday night throwdown. FanDuel.com slash Thursday throwdown. You take your lineup. People participate in all eight remaining Thursday contests. Only the top five scores from each week will count towards their final score. Yeah, you can miss three weeks of the contest. Still have a chance. Person with the highest score gets $300 million. No, gets $5,000. <laughs> it's a $3 entry. 150 people per week allowed to enter. So do it now. Uh, FanDuel.com slash Thursday Throwdown. You put together a lineup just based on the Thursday game alone. We'll talk about it. We'll read the leaderboard when we check in, when I do with the degenerate trifecta on Ooh, Thursday. So many good options in that one. People are looking at that game. One, this is why yeah. gambling is great because obviously the Panthers straight up should whip the Falcons. But then, as you say, a lot of interesting names in this one to put up some big numbers. Obviously, Calvin Ridley having a, a magnificent season in a, in a lost year down there in uh, the ATL. Who knows? Maybe Tiger That's what they call it, the ATL. Maybe he can't score anymore. Maybe he's like, oh, you guys yell at me when I score. Now, uh, who knows what's going on, the dynamic there. <laughs> uh, yes, and that's it. We will be back Friday. And we reminder, sure will. <laughs> a reminder, Charlotte. <laughs> yes. Even though everyone out there may feel like underdogs, they should know that they're all my favorites. See you Friday. Friday.